The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. What's going on, everybody? Eric France and Ajay Salveson. Thanks for tuning in and joining us here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. Also streaming online, 106.9thefan.com. Feel free to text into the program if, if you've uh, got a question, if you've got a comment, if you uh, have a, a take on what we're discussing, 435-339-0321 to join us on the show. Uh, and a couple quick updates in girls' soccer. Uh, Mountain Crest has upset number 6 Canyon View. So Mountain Crest, who is ranked 11th, they are going to advance – um, we know that Skyview has defeated Cedar Valley in a shootout. So Skyview advances. They will face Ogden. Ogden beat Dixie 3-0. Ogden is the number one team in the state, so Skyview's going to have their hands full. Uh, Logan, last I heard, Logan was trailing Snow Canyon uh, 1-0. And Ridgeline was up big over Cedar 4 nothing. And uh, Green Canyon, uh, last I heard, I think they were up one nothing in their game. But that's been some time, so. Uh, if we get finals on these, we'll make sure we pass them along. But congratulations to Skyview and Mountain Crest, the first ones through so far for the 4A girls soccer uh, playoffs. Hey, Eric, you know, I was thinking about something, and I, we haven't talked about this in a couple of days, but from an NBA standpoint, 172 games and no positive tests throughout the whole entire thing. That's incredible. It is. That's true. That's not something that got talked about often enough, is that the NBA bubble operated as it was intended, and they did a really good job of screening, uh, isolating. If anybody violated it, they made sure everybody knew they violated it, and it became a big deal, um, and uh, they were very cautious about that. Even after they started introducing family members into the bubble uh, through the different rounds of the playoffs, they were still able to keep everything under control and uh, very well done by the NBA. As difficult and as challenging as it was, they were able to pull it off. And you know what else I didn't realize? Is that the Lakers won the first championship of the decade in 2000, won the first championship of the first decade in 2010, won the first championship of the decade in 2020. That's crazy. So now they won't win another championship until 2030. Is that what it? That's correct. <laughs> Is that how things are going? Yeah. Uh uh, so we've, we've got a game going on right now in Major League Baseball, as we've already d- discussed. The Dodgers are beating up on the Braves early. And later on tonight, it's the Rays and the Astros. It's game four. If the Rays take care of business, they sweep, and then they wait. Uh, if the Astros win, they just extend it um, and try to stay alive a little bit longer. But I think that the way that the Rays have been playing – They've got this thing wrapped up. Uh, Aji, we talked about this before. The thing that really stands out to me about this Rays team, well, a few things. One is they don't seem to have very many weaknesses or flaws. And then the other thing, when they're uh, in their batting order. Uh, But the other thing, too, is uh, just how fast and how sure they are defensively. They always seem to have their guys in the right place or able to get to the right place quickly and then just make some incredible throws. Uh, and just the, the defense of Tampa cannot be overstated. 
Yeah, no, you're right. The defense has been so... And that's the other thing, Eric. You bring up a great point. While we talked about Jose Altuve and his his issues, you know, even making a simple throw to a base, whether it's second or first, meanwhile, Tampa Bay has just been absolutely like, darling in regards of its defense. Uh, the third baseman has made uh, made another couple great plays last night. Uh, the outfield has been tremendous for, for their... Uh, uh, for their pitching, I mean, bailed them out on a couple of chase down balls that were about 30 yards away from them and still made a great catch. Um, the defense has been so good for Tampa Bay, unlike the other side. And that's probably why, that's probably the biggest reason why, Eric, you see Tampa Bay up 3 nothing in this series looking for a sweep tonight. A uh, couple of news of note, as we've uh, heard at the top of the hour, Nick Saban has tested positive for coronavirus. Uh, we're seeing some teams in the SEC have to postpone and reschedule their games uh, because there's some, some outbreaks that are going on. Saban uh, a meeting with reporters this, uh, this hour saying that he feels fine, he's asymptomatic, uh, he hasn't gone anywhere, but um, somehow he's, he's tested positive somewhere along the way. Uh, but, Ajay, we, we talked about this. This is going to be something that will continue to be the storyline throughout the rest of this college football season. And we saw it with the NFL uh, last night with the Titans and the Bills in a game that had to be postponed, had to be delayed, because the, the Titans had an outbreak in, in, in their staff and with their roster. Uh, and it's it's going to continue to affect all levels of of sports. It's happened in, in high school. We've seen it in uh, in college. We've seen it in the NFL. Uh, it's going to continue, but all you can do is just try to to reschedule, try to make the most of it, and, and just keep going. Yeah, I, I I don't know what else you do. <laughs> um, here's my question: How come that game for Alabama Georgia is still on? Well, as of right now, I mean, Nick Saban's tested positive, but I haven't heard that there's been a, a bunch of other players test positive. Yeah, but what about the whole exposed thing? Well, that's right. He's coaching from home. He's doing it via Zoom. Uh, they're isolating him. Uh, and so he's uh, he will not be on the sidelines. Yeah, but I mean, so he's coaching from home right now, but before he was on the field, he was there. Like, what about, I mean, that's why I'm quarantining, not because I got it, but because, and I haven't tested positive, it's because I was exposed. What's the di- Like, I'm serious. Like, what's the difference? Because I feel like this is getting more confusion than the NFL catch roll. <laughs> so, I guess your point is that if Nick Saban's tested positive, um, why isn't anybody that came in close contact with Nick Saban isolated because of contact tracing? Yeah, because the whole dang football team. Like, exposure. I mean, isn't that why I'm quarantined? Because I was exposed? Is that right? I, that's what I was told? Yes. Oh, okay then. Even though, I mean, that guy, whoever it was, tested positive, and me were a far, probably a further distance away than what Coach Saban is when he's yelling at his players. So, um... I don't know. I'm just I'm confused. I I really am. And then how about the LSU Florida game being postponed? Yeah, that's a, lot, a big one too. A lot of cases in uh, in uh, Florida uh, within their football program, so that game's had to be postponed. Um, it, Oklahoma State and Baylor, that game's had to be postponed. Uh, but as of right now, the Alabama and uh, 
uh, Georgia game is still on. Hmm. Uh, but the so athletic director will not be on the sidelines. Is that right? The Alabama athletic director apparently has also tested positive. Yeah. So Saban won't be on the sidelines for the Georgia Alabama game. Is that right? Correct. Boy, that's going to be interesting. That's, that's one a, of the bigger games of the year. Number two versus number three. Correct. That's going to be a. Yeah, that's kind of a big deal. That game is scheduled for six o'clock on CBS. By the way. Big showdown. <laughs> Alabama favored by four going into it right now. Is but that with, at Alabama or Saban, Georgia? Uh, it's supposed to be at Alabama. But okay. with Saban not on the sidelines, do you give Georgia the edge? Yeah, I do. I absolutely do. Yeah. You need a head coach who's had this experience of big-time games, and Nick Saban has that. Kirby Smart has that. I give the edge to Georgia right now. Ah. Crazy how this thing, how this stuff just keeps going. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, Ajay. On Wednesdays, we do what went wrong Wednesday. Oh boy, we talk about bad takes, bad decisions, things that just went wrong in sports. Uh, but it was well intentioned, but it just didn't quite work out. Um, uh, for me, I, I got to get it started on a personal note. Um, I, as I've already indicated. Uh, I had some bad takes for uh, for this uh, th- these championship series. Uh, I thought that the Tampa Houston series would be closer, and I thought that uh, the Dodgers would uh, take care of business against the the Braves and get it done in five. That's clearly not going to happen. Uh, Braves have looked really solid in their first two games, even though the Dodgers made a game of it late last night. Um, the real question is how much of today's uh, what. How, well, what happened today, how much will that affect the rest of this series? Or how how mentally strong are the Braves to just say, it was one game, it was a bad game, it was a weird inning, we just regroup and we're, we're better? Or how much does that specter hang over them and, uh, and cause other issues? And give the on the flip side, what kind of confidence does this give the Dodgers for the rest of their series? Um, and then another thing that what went wrong uh, on a more personal note, so on Saturday, uh, I've got a kid that's playing water polo. You and I have talked about this a couple different times, how I've got uh, kids who play water polo. At a game on Saturday, it's the U-12 team that's playing down in Kearns. And my kid gets put in as the goalie. And so far, I mean, early in the in the time that he's in there, he's doing all right. He's He's making stops. He's not letting goals through. And then uh, the other team comes down. A guy tries to score. It hits off the top of the goal, bounces into one of their uh, their opponents, his opponent's uh, head, and he basically bounces right back into the goal. And uh, this, so this other team gets a, a score. And this kid throws it off the post, bounces off some other kid's head, and, and bounces into the goal. My kid's like, "What just happened?" <laughs> I remember when you texted me the video. The video's so good. And I was like, oh, what went right? And you're like, no, what went wrong? My kid's the goalie. And I was like, oh, shoot, man. That sucks. Yeah, dude, I feel bad for your kid. Hey, Just you a know what? thing. <laughs> that's, yeah, that sucks. Uh, did your kid win, though, or did they lose? 
Uh, they ended up losing, unfortunately. So then you blame your kid for that loss. No. Uh, you take your kid aside and you say, look, you cost your team the game because you weren't alert and aware <laughs> of when the ball was going to carry him off a kid's head. You've got to be better. You blame it on him and help him become mentally tough, Eric. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, that's how it'll go. <laughs> Um, so my what went wrong, uh, Eric, Taysom Hill is such a key component of the Saints team. Oh, my God. But he was so bad in that game against the Chargers. Uh, he wasn't good really until the last, maybe the last four or five minutes of this football game. He was really bad. Um, just didn't, didn't seem like he, I mean, he dropped an incomplete pass. Uh, it looked like he had messed up an offensive play when he was a quarterback during the Wildcat. Uh, let's see what else. He missed a block. I mean, it was a bad, bad time for him. Um, as, as key as he's been, and, and if for you Taysom Hill fans, do not, do not put Taysom Hill into the Twitter search bar because you'll find a lot of what the crap are we doing with here with this kid from Saints fans, by the way. Saints fans can, do not like Taysom Hill. They honestly don't. They can't stand him. Uh, I know BYU thinks he's the next NFL MVP, but that's just not going to happen. But, man, I, you know, I thought Taysom Hill would be a little bit better. He had a bad game, though, against the Chargers. So what went wrong for me is, is Taysom Hill not for playing pretty well and I, you know, predicting he would have a great game. The other thing that went wrong um, really was, I, I mean, these pick six things that we do are, you know, we, we do some research into it. We try to study and, uh, and, and give our best, you know, answer for it. But, man... I sucked in pick six. There were so many things like Tom Brady throwing a pick versus the Bears. Now, granted, the Bears should have had two picks and they dropped them both. But uh, I, yeah, I, I thought Tom Brady, uh, you know, would, would. I thought the defense would be better for the Bears than it was. And granted, they did get the win, but that's more or less because Tom Brady forgot what down it was. Um, and uh, I mean, there was one other one that I was off on too, and I can't remember what it was. There's a couple of them. No, my pick six was not good. So my what went wrong would probably be pick six, too. <laughs> You're, you got two correct, if I'm not mistaken. Thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, one more for what went wrong. And this one, yes. I'm just genuinely curious. What, why is this? Uh, sports viewership is, is down significantly. And it's not just for the NBA playoffs. Much as it was made, you know, get woke, go broke. That was a, a, a trending thing on 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 social media that people were turned off to the nba because of kneeling for the anthem and the black lives matter uh and the the messages on the jerseys some people just didn't want to deal with that so they just didn't watch but the fact of the matter is not wasn't just the nba suffering a loss of viewership it was across the board there are only a few slight instances where sports viewership is up over a year ago Stanley Cup final down 61%. Preakness wow. stakes down 56. The US Open golf tournament in the final round down 56%. The NBA finals were down 49%. US Open tennis down 45%. Kentucky Derby was down 43%. All four rounds of the US Open golf were down 42%. Major League Baseball division series down 40%. Stanley Cup playoffs, including the final, 38%. NBA playoffs overall, including the finals, down 37%. Uh, this is continuing. The college football regular season is down 30%. 
Major League Baseball regular season down 26. WNBA regular season down 16. NFL regular season is down 13%. What is up is interesting. The PGA Championship final round was up 3%. WNBA finals up 15 And the PGA Tour on CBS only up 17%. But it's not just one sport experiencing a a dramatic drop in viewership is what surprises me. So, Ajay, what went wrong? Why People for months were in a desert not having any live sports, and then suddenly we had opportunities galore to watch sports, everything happening all at once. The viewership is down and down significantly. Yeah, I think some of it has to do with the political side of things. Um, I know there's a lot of fans who are unhappy with the delay. You know, they had already paused for how many months to play basketball. Then they get back to play, and then they want to stop playing uh, because uh, they want to uh, demand justice for uh, the shooting that had happened in the NBA. Baseball is an interesting one to me. Uh, I thought that would go up, but it, I mean, it just it struggled as well. Uh, NHL is another surprising one because there are hockey fans, but for it to drop that far, that low, really does surprise me because I know there's some diehard hockey fans. Tampa Bay, obviously, Dallas, Las Vegas, and for the numbers to go down, shocks me a lot. Um, and then, you know, hey, look, give credit to the WNBA for whatever they did, they did it right. And they they get a little increase in that, and uh, that that to me is impressive. But yeah, I, I think there's various reasons for different sports. Yeah, but but what surprises me, I guess, is that there were so many sports, almost all of them, experienced mm-hmm. losses from 13 percent in the NFL regular season to minus 61 percent in the, for the Stanley Cup final. I, I get it that yeah. a lot of these things are happening in. Normally, it's a typical off-season when people are outside, their their habits are different, uh, they have different things that they're normally doing that time of year. But, man, for, for months, we were told, as soon as these sports get going again, man, the TV ratings are going to be juicy. Turns out that was far from true. I got a feeling NFL's continue is going to continue to go down too. I don't think their ratings hold on very much. I think it's strange. Um, it's not just one sport; it's happening in virtually all sports. Yeah, that's a great point. All right, if you got something else that uh, you thought went wrong this past week, uh, a bad decision, a bad take, we'd love to hear from you. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. Feel free to chime in on our What Went Wrong Wednesday segment here on the Full Court Press. Uh, By the way, it's uh, a scoring update for 4A girls soccer uh, in the playoffs. It looks like Green Canyon is stretching their lead. They're up 3 to nothing. Uh, Looks like Logan has evened uh, the score in their game. And uh, so last I'd heard that Ridgeline was up, uh, had a pretty healthy lead. And theirs. So, looking like a pretty good day for Region 11 so far. Uh, we'll, by the time we get off the air, these games likely will have gone final, so we'll be sure uh, to share those, those final scores as soon as we get them. All right, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, uh, USA Today, they annually do a lot of research and they find out what are the coaches' salaries throughout college football. They also do it for, for other sports, but basketball is the big one. 
And we've, uh, we now know in the Mountain West for at least all but one school what these coaches' salaries are, who took pay cuts, and what are their buyout clauses? This is, this is something new that I don't remember seeing before. What does it cost to buy out a coach? And we'll, all those details are available with USA Today. We'll go through those and how it pertains to the Mountain West coming up next on the Full Court Press. New Horizons Beauty College loves having USU students in town. In fact, they offer 15% student discounts Tuesday through Thursday. They also offer senior and military discounts. The students at New Horizons Beauty College are trained in all the latest trends and techniques. Plus, New Horizons has great prices on the products to help you maintain that new look. All services performed by students and closely supervised by licensed instructors. New Horizons Beauty College, 550 North Main in Logan. If you've been out furniture shopping, you already know due to COVID-19, major manufacturers are way behind and lots of items are on back order. This is Ed at Fisher Home Furnishings. While it may seem early to talk about the holidays, now is the time to come and pick out your new furniture, get your orders placed and items reserved to be delivered in time for the holidays. Fisher's will even guarantee you holiday sale prices right now. Stop in the store or shop online at fisherhf.com and see hundreds of new styles. Pick it out now, pre-order it and get it for the holiday sale price. Fisher Home Furnishings. The Riverwoods Conference Center is accepting reservations for holiday parties and events, inviting you to experience an elegant holiday atmosphere with the Riverwoods Conference Center's beautiful new renovation and holiday decor. And with catering from Elements, your special occasion can include delicious entrees and decadent desserts that always deliver excellence. This year, the Spring Hill Suites is offering a low $79 rate when you schedule a holiday party at the Riverwoods so you can take the elevator home after your event. To schedule, call 750-5151 or Google Riverwoods Conference Center. Hi, my name is Josh Watts, and for three generations, Preston Watts Collision Glass has taken care of all your collision and auto glass needs. Windshield replacement is just one of our specialties. We have certified technicians and the most competitive prices in the valley. We will waive up to $100 off your insurance deductible, give you free rock chip repairs, and to top it off, we'll wash your vehicle inside and out with your windshield replacement. Give us a call at 563-3215. At Preston Watts, we do it right. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems. By partnering with us, you not only support our team, you also support your community, neighbors, and friends. With each qualifying RICO or Kyocera copier purchase through the end of 2020, we will donate $250 in your name to a local charity like Cash Humane Society, Sunshine Terrace Foundation, CAPSA, Cash Food Pantry, or any other local charity of your choice. Visit valleyofficesystems.com, a local team supporting local customers while providing a simple service experience. Valley Office systems. The State of Utah's Wood Stove and Fireplace Changeout Program is back. Advanced Fireplace and Stove says let the government foot the bill. Up to $3,800 towards your new Heating Glow Gas Inserter Fireplace. Registration begins November 4th. This is the final changeout opportunity for 2020. Live in Idaho? We'll help you navigate that program too. Replace yours with a Quadrifier Pellet or Wood Stove. Advanced Fireplace and Stove. Call us at 435-752-7272 or find us on Facebook or at advancedfireplaceandstove.com. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
Eric Franson, Andre Salveson, thanks for tuning in and joining us wherever you may be. Whether it's listening to us on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, or streaming online, 1069thefan.com, or listening to us on one of our podcasts. We appreciate you. And uh, feel free to text into the show. Let us know if you saw something that went wrong, what went wrong Wednesday here on the Full Court Press. A coaching decision, a play call, Jose Altuve. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what you know what that? else went wrong is Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Oh, yes. I mean, what what a disaster that was last night. What a butt-kicking. What a show put on by. Let me ask you, was that more Titans defense or Josh Allen and his inability to make something happen in a play? It's a fair question. It may be a combination of both. I don't mean to cop out, mm. but um, consider the fact that this Tennessee team – really didn't have a lot of practice time. I mean, they've been isolated quite a bit and they because yeah. of they had the outbreak within their own facility and their own team. The fact that, you know, what they did to Buffalo despite that is a really impressive job by <laughs> that coaching staff overall. Cuz it's not like Ryan Tannehill necessarily set the world on fire or you know Derrick Henry did an amazing job running the ball. Uh, they just did a great job defensively getting after Buffalo and frustrating them and not allowing them to get into get into much rhythm. No, that's a great point. And, uh, you know, I talked about how yesterday that, that Titans defense would be aggressive. They were a lot. I mean, they came after Josh Allen just time after time after time uh, and would just, I mean, they – and blitzes weren't coming from just one different side. It come from everywhere. And Josh Allen just never made the correct pre-reads. You know, there's a pre-snap read that you should be making. For some, Josh just couldn't find it. It's a great job by Coach Vrabel and, uh, and making sure his defense was, uh, uh, you know, in Josh Allen's head with, you know, certain disguises and blitzes. And then, of course, Derrick Henry. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, is he he's something else. I'll tell you what. I mean, I know Alabama's been full of good backs, but... He might be one of the best in the crop, at least for, you know, in regards of long-term future. Uh, just so impressed with him and what he's done so far. Uh, well, and how about uh, individual performances? How about Malcolm Butler uh, picking off yeah. Uh, yeah. twice? And uh, he just seemed to know where to be uh, and uh, to big returns after the fact. So, yeah, that, that Tennessee team really took it to Buffalo. Um, and uh, we were excited for this game, two undefeated teams how they were going to do, and definitely Tennessee held the night. They they looked great. And Tannehill, not like he didn't throw it for a ton of yards, but he did what he needed to do. Uh, I thought he did a good job scrambling when he needed to scramble to stretch out plays and to continue to get more yards. You know, He threw for three touchdowns. Um, I, I thought he did a solid job. Yeah, no, I thought he was really good. Uh, you know, as, I, as we sit here doing this, this radio show, um, I, I realized two things. One – that we had a bunch of games that were supposed to be exciting were end up being duds. <laughs> Miami Clemson was included in that, uh, Eric. And then two, uh, that really it was more. It wasn't an individual player. It'd be the op- You know, it'd be the it would be the defense of the other team. It'd be the uh, it'd be a whole entire team impact on what upon one individual player that would that caused so much chaos. So uh, my question for you, Eric. Is, is who else is undefeated? Titans are four and zero. Who else is? 
Uh, let's see. So uh, Green Bay is undefeated. Pittsburgh is undefeated. Uh, as we mentioned, Tennessee has not lost. And uh, Seattle. Also, Seattle's undefeated. Correct. Yep, Seattle's 5-0. and And um, uh, Tennessee's 4-0. Pittsburgh's 4-0. and And that's it. Dude, Pittsburgh being 4-0 blows my mind, too. Because I hate Pittsburgh. <laughs> but, man, Mike Tomlin... <laughs> He does this year after year after year. I don't know how he gets away with it either. He continually finds way to win games, and I'll, like, and no one will talk. No one will talk about Pittsburgh, Eric. Nobody will talk about Pittsburgh. And then all of a sudden, you find them at four and one, four and zero, oh, six and two, and at the end of the season, they're playing for a position as a uh, team to get a buy in the AFC or even the top team in the wild card. I, I honestly, he is Mike Tomlin is so underrated. As a head coach, especially in the AFC, it is beyond impressive. Uh, well, that, then that's a tough division. Pittsburgh's undefeated at four and zero. Baltimore's four and one. Cleveland's four and one. And that's a that's that's a tough AFC North right now. Yeah, that's brutal. And I, you know, it's going to be Ravens and Steelers again at that top of the division, fighting for that division championship. You don't think Cleveland can hang on? No, I no. I think Cleveland tails off, and I don't mean to be a Colin Coward guy, Eric, but I just don't think that this that this hangs. I mean, they're winning now, yes, but when they play Pittsburgh and when they play Baltimore, uh, dude, I mean, you're asking a lot for this team to be in the top two of that division. Uh, going to the texts, nine three one five texts in. What went wrong was a BYU fan trying to pick on Ajay with Twitter. Oh, heavens gracious. Yeah. Uh, so I tweeted out and yeah, so I tweeted out, um, you know, cause I, I tweeted out, Hey, how come I, this last year's Aggie team couldn't get this year's LSU team? And, uh, <laughs> and some guy replied and he's from BYU. And from what I've been told, he likes to butt into conversations when he shouldn't, but he tweeted out, he goes, uh, who is, uh, who is the Aggies? And uh, do they even play? And so I decided, you know what? I wasn't really in the mood for it, Eric. So I, <laughs> so I respond. Um, I don't have to read it to you here, so I, I don't butcher this. Uh, but I respond with, "Oh, hey, everybody! Uh, Andrew needs attention, uh, and uh, he needs." Uh, Oh, it said, hey, everybody, look, a guy who has jokes. Let's all be quiet so he can get the attention he so badly wants. Okay, Andrew, the floor is yours for more funny jokes. He then tweets back to me, and he says, the biggest joke I've ever heard today is a guy named Ajay. If I hear any bigger jokes, I'll let you know. So I, I respond with uh, um, something to the fact of, hey, you're doing really good, Andrew. Keep it up. Uh, remember to practice that punchline. Here we go. Let's try again. And I'll tell you what, I quoted the tweet both times, and I love you, Aggie Nation, because, dude, <laughs> he got lit up from so many people. I uh, I have so many tweets from so many people being extremely kind to me and uh, and protecting me. Our, our Aggie Nation is the absolute incredible best. I love you guys to death, uh, and I can't read these tweets on air for obvious reasons. Um <laughs> But boy, they just let him have it in so much. 
he blocked me and then blocked a ton of other people too. Uh, that's and great. so, uh, thank you to nine, three, one, five. Thank you to everybody who stood up for me. I greatly appreciate it. Um, it was sincerely kind and, uh, you know, t- Twitter can be a toxic place, but uh, I'm grateful I had it that day. <laughs> uh, let's do this. Let's call a timeout. And when we come back, let's get into this coaching salary thing. I think it's really interesting. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I read uh, who, this. Who is where on the list? Um, who's making more than others? Uh, are you surprised by the buyout uh, uh, cost for some of these coaches? So where does Gary Anderson sit on this list among the, the, the coaches paid throughout college football and also looking specifically at the Mountain West? We'll get into that next here on the Full Court Press. RoofMax by Quality Pace Roofing is a quick, easy, and affordable alternative to a complicated, expensive, and life-disrupting asphalt roof replacement. Homes and businesses may need roof help going into the winter months. Call 757-9642 and let Quality Pace Roofing see if RoofMax can save you thousands. A simple, nationally recognized and approved asphalt shingle rejuvenation process, extending the life of your roof up to 15 years beyond the warranty. Never before has there been a product that can extend the life of your asphalt shingle roof until roof max by quality pace roofing google quality pace roofing or call 757-9642 les olson company realizes that having cutting edge and dependable computer hardware enables the front line of your business to get the job done they also help you play defense with the most sophisticated it security products available create an all-star work environment with the latest it products and best support and cash value Les Olson Company's managed IT is there for you all the way. IT. Visit lesolson.com to learn more. The Logan Gift Show is now accepting applications for the 2020 show. This year's gift show is November 6th and 7th at the Riverwoods Conference Center. We would love to have your creative, unique, festive, and one-of-a-kind gift ideas. It's all about fun, style, and quality. Amazing food, demonstrations, ideas, and your business will help deliver a gift show to remember. Visit with thousands of people looking for gift ideas and fun holiday cheer. Go to LoganGiftShow.com. That's LoganGiftShow.com. For details or call 752-1390 for more information. Sponsored by the Cash Valley Media Group. It's cold outside, but you can keep warm inside with a quality-built, super-efficient York furnace. Count on a furnace from York because it's backed by the strongest warranties available. It's just another way we install confidence. Call Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, your local York dealer, at 752-7272. Online at advancedheating-ac.com. York, install confidence. We're not comfortable until you are Advanced Heating and Air. Hi, this is Rusty Allen with LSS Insurance. Be our guest October 15th, the third Thursday at 7 p.m. Come learn about Medicare and Social Security. Planning ahead will give you the confidence you need to make these important decisions. Come see us October 15th at 7 p.m. at our office by the North Walmart. Call 752-9493. The seminar is free. The information is extremely valuable. Call 752-9493 to RSVP as seating is limited. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Before we get into this next segment, Ajay, I have to ask, have you seen this list of the NCAA college football salaries? So I haven't seen the list, Eric, but I, I've, I've, uh, I've seen tidbits from people tweeting out things. 
Um, but uh, that I mean, and it's usually just been the top three. I know Ed Orgeon is is number two, but that's all I've seen. Okay, so number one, your guess, Nick Saban. Nick Saban is number one. Uh, how much do you think he makes? I'm going to say, ooh, man, yearly, right? So salary, or is it, are we, what are we talking about here? His yearly? scheduled school pay. Okay. Oh, geez. His, yeah, there's a scheduled school pay, and then there's a total pay, which could include some other endorsement things. So, Okay, so scheduled school pay. I'm going to say $2.5 million. Well, you got to go a lot further north for him. No kidding. Are you serious? Yes. Okay, so I'm going to go, geez. You said a lot too. I'm going to yes. go eight point three million. Keep going. No, stop it. You're getting closer, but you got to keep going north. You got to be kidding me. Okay, nine point uh, one million dollars for Nick Saban. Oh my goodness gracious! As you mentioned, Ed Orgeron comes in at number two. Uh, he's at almost eight point seven million. But oh with my heck! Other things he's uh, so Nick Saban with other things he's at nine point three. Uh, Ed Orgeron is at eight point nine. Double sweetie, and he and he bolted right up there, Eric. Ed he Orgeron, did. he did. had a big he, jump. I mean, that was no, that just didn't come straight when he walked into LSU. That's taken some time and impressive work. So I'm just going to go through the top five here. Uh, yes, Double Sweeney is at number three uh, from Clemson. He is at eight point three million. Jim Harbaugh at Michigan is just a little over eight million. And Jimbo Overpaid. Fisher at Texas A&M is at number five. He's at $7.5 million. And he's overpaid as well. The, the buyout for Nick Saban is at $36.8 million. Oh, my heck. The buyout for Dabo Swinney is at $50 million. And the buyout for Jimbo Fisher is at $53 million. Interestingly enough, the buyout for Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, a paltry $6.3 million compared to those other guys. Good night. How would it be? It's <laughs> insane. I'm serious. Like, hey, I'm going to retire. Okay, well, here's your $36.8 million. For, and thanks for all you've done for the university. Six of the top like, ten highest-paid coaches are in the SEC. I can't even get a full-time job with you guys. I mean, come on. It is insane how much money is in the Dude, SEC. I didn't know. I didn't know Dobbles was a $50 million buyout. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, that is unreal. So the, the highest paid coach in the Mountain West Conference, there was no surprise for me here. That's Boise State's Brian Harson. Uh, he comes okay. at number 68 overall nationally. Oh, wow. At uh, $1.85 million. And wow. his, his buyout is at about $8.5 million, $8.4 million. $8.4 million. Yes. Good heck. Uh, worth way, it, yes or no? Worth it, yes. Okay. As far as Mountain Jim West Harbaugh, standards, tell me, yes. tell me about Jim Harbaugh. I mean, this guy hasn't been in Ohio State since he started there. Hasn't been in a college football playoff since he's been there. Is he getting paid too much, Eric? Yes. Michigan yeah, is the most overrated, most overpaid uh, yes. situation. Uh, the Michigan Wolverines have not been a national relevant team in decades. Yeah, yeah, probably since what uh, maybe two thousand four, when they went to the Rose Bowl and played Texas, and they're one game away. Since that oh four oh five oh six era, 
when they were one of the top five teams in the country. That's the last time we've seen them in relevance. Ever since the Appalachian State upset, they've never been the same, Eric. Oh, that's totally true. Totally agree with that. Uh, so we know that uh, Brian Harson, he's at 1.85. He's the highest paid coach in the Mountain West. Then there's a group of coaches that are all pretty close together. Uh, Wyoming's Craig Bull at a little over 1.5. Colorado State's Steve Adagio at 1.5. UNLV's Marcus Arroyo at 1.5. Fresno State's Kalen DeBoer uh, at 1.3. San Diego State's uh, Brady Hoke at an even $1 million. And then there's Gary Anderson coming in at number 84 overall among college head football coaches, uh, earning just under a million at $900,000. Really? And his buyout is $2 million, uh, just a little over $2 million, basically. Hmm. One yeah, the, that's uh One of the cheapest buyout. buyouts in the Mountain West. Yeah. What's, what's Harson's buyout again, Eric? Uh, almost eight and a half million. Holy crap! Oh man, goodness. Okay, good uh, for him. Yeah, other coaches that are around five million for their buyouts: Craig Bowl, Steve Adazio, Marcus Arroyo, uh, Kalen DeBoer, and uh, Brady Hoke. Brady Hoke's a five million dollar buyout. Yes. Oh, that's gross. <laughs> that's gross. That that makes me want to throw up. Uh, the coach doing the most with the with the least. That's Nevada's Jay Norvell uh, at six hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. God bless his soul. Hey, where's San Jose State's coach at? Uh, Brent Brennan is right behind Gary at eight hundred and fifty thousand. Oh shoot! Oh fetch! Oh man! Yeah, he's getting overpaid. Oh, you think? <laughs> <laughs> that makes it seem like Gary's getting underpaid. Uh, Mexico's Danny Gonzalez, new head coach in Albuquerque, seven hundred and twenty-five thousand, with a wow. two million dollar buyout. Wow. Hawaii's new head coach Todd Graham, seven hundred and sixty thousand, with a one point seven million dollar buyout. Uh, so the and the other new coaches, as we mentioned, uh, Brady Hoke at San Diego State, he's a new head coach there. He's got a million dollar deal with a over five million dollar buyout. Uh, Fresno State's Kellen DeBoer at uh, 1.3 with a $5.8 million buyout. UNLV's Marcus Arroyo. This surprises me how they were able to cough off that much cash for Marcus Arroyo at $1.5 <laughs> million and a $4.7 million buyout. And then Steve Adazio at Colorado State, the other new head coach in the league, at $1.5 for, his, uh, for the season and an even $5 million for his buyout. Jeez. Now, <laughs> one thing that we don't know is not listed is Coach Howdy Doody down over at Air Force. Coach Troy Calhoun, since uh, they consider that, a, I guess, a, a private institution, which doesn't make sense. It's a very public institution. But um, they, they don't release his uh, coaching salary. Army doesn't release theirs either. But Navy uh, does reveal – well, they're able to determine Navy's – what Navy pays to Coach uh, Ken Nui Matalolo. Hmm. Okay. Where's uh? I think you already said it, but where's Whittingham at? I did not mention Kyle Whittingham. Uh, the University of Utah head coach is twentieth in the country with what he makes, 
He is making a cool even $5 million, and his buyout is 9.25. And I heard there are some really sexy uh, promises after he retires with the university. Like, I heard they're going to take really good care of him and his family. Oh, he's done a lot of good things for him. They should. Well, has he, though? He hasn't won a Pac-12 championship, Eric. And sure, I mean, you got back to the Sugar Bowl in 09 where they upset Alabama. He's but when been they got the championship the games, though. Great, but he hasn't won them. And he has a talented roster. He continues to underperform in November. And December continues to kill him. Okay, so where he stands in the Pac-12, the, the highest-paid coach in the Pac-12 is Stanford's David Shaw. And that's rightfully so. Okay, number two is Utah's Kyle Whittingham. That honestly does surprise me. Yeah. What's Clay Helton getting paid? Clay Helton is right behind Kyle. And uh, because Kyle actually would be higher on this list, but because of a pay cut due to coronavirus – he is. Uh, he would be the highest paid coach. Mm. Wow. Uh, but Clay Helton is right behind Kyle Whittingham. Okay. Chip Kelly comes in uh, a little bit behind them, so he's at number twenty three nationally. Um, so interesting to see this Pac twelve. Arizona State's Herm Edwards is number thirty six nationally. Arizona's Kevin Sumlin is forty third. California's Justin Wilcox is forty fourth. Kevin Sumlin's overpaid too. Well, he took a big pay cut um, because of coronavirus. So uh, he took one of the largest pay cuts. Sucks. Let's see, Nick Rolovich. He went from Hawaii to Washington State. Certainly a pay upgrade for him. He's earning a little over three million dollars. Well, with a pay cut, he's making just less than three million. What's Matt Wells? Uh, Matt Wells at Texas Tech, he's 54th nationally, and he's making, uh, well, scheduled to make $3 million, but is taking a $127,000 pay cut uh, because of uh, coronavirus concerns. Okay. Wow. So he's not, him and Nick Rolovich are pretty close then. Yeah, very, yeah they're, uh, uh, Wells is 54th, and uh, Nick Rolovich is 55th. Wow. Okay. Impressive. Bottom line. There's a lot of money going to college head football coaches. Mm-hmm. Yep, there is. And we can't pay the student athletes, huh? Uh, we're getting closer to that. Yeah. Uh, we're, getting we're getting a lot it. closer to that. In fact, there should be a vote on that coming up in January, I believe. Hey, speaking of votes and uh, news, did you see that uh, the uh, Division One Council is approved? And if everything goes well, which is expected to, by August 1st of next year, Eric, players will be allowed a one-transfer rule where they get a transfer and be eligible immediately without penalty to any school they want to go, and that's for all sports. That is major. That is a big deal. Uh, but there's a caveat. the you, you can't do that and then do a graduate transfer. Yeah, which is, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good point. But I, I, do, does it make the G5 become a farming system for these Power 5 conferences, Eric? Uh, I think it definitely leads more to that. Um, I know that there's some that say, well, it can work both ways, um, which it can. I mean, certainly Utah State's benefited from guys that, for whatever reason, don't work out at Utah, and they can, I guess, transfer down, if you want to 
classify it that way. Um, but I also think that there's a lot more movement towards these Power 5 schools wanting to move into creating a, a different classification except for basketball. They want to keep their, their schools in basketball in a, in a broad basketball pool, but for most other sports, they want to go to a different classification. I think we're getting closer and closer to that. that and then, of course, we saw that Brett McMurphy came out today and, uh, and, and announced that every team will be bowl eligible. Here's a caveat, as you like to say to that, Eric. There's only 78 teams that are going to be able to play in a bowl game because there's only 39 bowls as of right now. So, uh, boy, you're going to see a lot of teams be left out with five and four, yeah, five and three records, four and four records. If you don't break even on 500 and you're a G5 team, it's going to be tough to make a bowl. Yeah, that's that's what'll be tough. Is uh, there are no requirements whatsoever, but which it sounds great to some teams. But then, when you look at it, it may not be that good for group of five teams. No, yeah, normally you're right. have you're 100% a tie-in. Right, hundred percent so right. Now yeah, we're going to see more Power Five conference teams participating in these bowls because that's the matchups they want to see. Yeah, I'd say, you know, with the exception of Boise State, I mean, they'll obviously be up there. But if if and if Boise State doesn't make that a New Year's Six bowl. As a G five team, it's going to push a team out of the out of the play or out of the bowl spot. Um, again, only I mean, Eric, only seventy eight teams, and how many teams are in the P five? I I don't even know. Um, but there's going to be. I mean, I actually asked a friend today. I said, would you take a four and four Utah State football team or a three and five, say, Tennessee Volunteer football team to your bowl game? And he said, "I'd probably take Tennessee. It's more attractive." That is scary. What, what we think, still don't know, and I think could be a big factor to this, is can you sell tickets? Because if you can't sell tickets, then traveling fan bases don't really mean much. Yeah. So, what does the TV audience look like? Which is a sexy matchup for TV purposes? Mm, yeah. Good point. Good point. So, are we rooting for fans to be able to attend the bowl games? Then is that what we want? I or think do we so. not? Okay. Okay. Uh, hey, we got to call another quick timeout here in the Full Court Press. Some additional thoughts, last thoughts before we pass it along. We got a text that we want to get into that we just got in. Uh, we'll bring that up and we'll answer the question coming up next in the Full Court Press. Win a 65 inch 4K flat screen TV from Lens Audio Video in the Preps Pick'em Contest presented by The Logo Shop. Sign up to play at 1069thefan.com. Pick the weekly winners of each high school game, and you could win one of 11 weekly prizes and be entered to win the Grand Prize TV. Go to 1069thefan.com and you could win. It's the Preps Pick'em Contest on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Doctors Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette of Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat are excited to welcome you to both office locations, the Cache Valley Hospital and 169 North Gateway in Providence, right next to the Bank of Utah. Social distancing and all safety guidelines are in place. The new Providence office location will also be accepting patients for the Allergy Clinic and Hearing Aid Center. Please call 753-7880 for telehealth conference calls. Most insurance products, including SelectMed, are accepted. Go to CacheValleyENT.com for details. That's Cache Valley E. NT.com.
This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance. Why buy from Daryl's? It's easy. You get a full two-year warranty on all scratch and dent appliances. Apply for interest-free financing. Plus, you always get Daryl's outstanding service with every appliance. Daryl's West on Airport Road. Open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday. Daryl's Appliance in beautiful downtown Benson. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Last couple of minutes with you here on the Full Court Press. We got a text that came in uh, related to our discussion about coaches from 0945. Uh, buyouts go both ways. If a coach leaves for another job, then he has to pay the university of the buyout, correct? Yeah, there, there is a buyout that, yes, for, for either the university to get to, to move on, I don't want to say get rid of, but to move on from their current coach or that another school would have to pay uh, to to snag that coach away from them, so which yeah, is actually what happens. Yeah, which happens much more often than we think. Like um, a, a lot of schools, if they want to coach badly enough, they're more than welcome to buy out the salary or whatever is left over in the contract to the university. They'll send them a nice little check. Say, here's what we need, or here's what you need to cover for the loss of uh, of us taking your coach. Boom! Right there, you're done. So uh, that uh, yeah, you're right. It's a great point by zero nine four five, and appreciate uh, that individual for texting us in with that great question. But the universities, more often than not, will pay out that contract, and uh, and will go that way. And and some coaches, very 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 few, some coaches have said, you know what, just take the money and keep it. We don't need to worry about it. So yeah, that's true. Uh, Gary did that when uh, leaving. Uh, Oregon yeah, <laughs> might have been a different. Yeah, he did. Uh, by the way, just a quick update. Uh, it's uh, the the Braves are on the board, fifteen to one right now in the top of the fourth. Shut the fetch up, Eric. You Rays know, no and Astros cares. later tonight. No one's watching the game, Eric. No one's watching the game. We're all busy. <laughs> so, uh, an update. You know, we got Mountain Crest and Hillcrest later on tonight. You can hear it on one hundred seven point seven FM. If you can't make it to the game in Hiram, uh, AJ Knight will be on the call. So stay tuned for that. And we'll have the updates on girls' soccer. It looks like uh, Logan and Snow Canyon tied at one apiece at the end of regulation, so they're going to a shootout. Uh, it looks Last that I saw, looks like Green Canyon and Ridgeline will advance. Uh, Skyview and Mountain Crest earlier today won their games, and they will advance. So we're uh, waiting to see what happens with Logan and Snow Canyon, uh, hoping for the Logan victory so we can see a lot of teams from Region 11 continuing on in the 4A girls' soccer uh, playoffs. Um, and then, uh, I guess just the last thing too, um, this is, uh, after tonight will be the last of much of the games in the regular season, but, uh, there's still a few games in the lower divisions, uh, that could be played in the next few days. So it's possible though for 4A, we could see the final rankings in the playoff pairings by as early as tomorrow morning. So stay tuned. We'll have that. We'll share that with you as soon as we find out. Uh, but Ajay, Best of luck to you as you continue to watch the bloodbath taking place between the Dodgers and the Braves. I hope you make it through. I hope we see you tomorrow. Hey, good luck to you watching the Cubs and whoever's playing in the NLC. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. They're on vacation at home. That's right. They got their feet kicked up. 
They're they're not having to worry about oh, getting you just shove it. Oh, we're gonna shut up. by the Dodgers. No, right we can now. shove it. No, you know what? We're gonna take this beating like a man. We're gonna come back tomorrow. We're gonna win. The, we're gonna win Game Four. I guarantee you, we win Game Four. All right, we'll find out tomorrow when it's all said and done. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.